0: You're listening to The Biggest Loser Fan Podcast with Cliff Ravenscraft and Father Roderick.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I am Father Roderick. And this production, of course, is inspired by the hit television show, The Biggest Loser, aired in many countries around the world. The purpose of this particular podcast is that we want to provide you education encouragement, and inspiration in the area of living a more healthy, balanced lifestyle, even and especially if you've never watched a single episode of The Biggest Loser TV show itself. And Father Roderick, we have a big show this week. By the way, I am excited because I had plenty of sleep tonight. Great. Excellent. Well,
0: I had almost no sleep tonight. So I'm counting on you to carry the show, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I'll tell you I what, slept, I think I slept four hours because I had, a, I had to appear in a, in a big talk show on, on, on national TV yesterday. And I was so filled with adrenaline after that, that I just couldn't go to bed.
1: I, I got a, I, I received a Twitter message yesterday saying that you were live on, on Dutch television. Yeah. Talking about your Twitter presence and web presence, uh, you're becoming quite the media celebrity, I believe. Oh, well, it's just uh, I'm just doing my job, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and jump right into a recap of this week's episode and what we learned from it.
0: It was a great show. I, I, I love the setting of the show. What happened is, if you haven't seen the episode, um, the contestants were just came out of el- elimination, and then there, there sometimes is a reveal towards the end of that. You know, everybody is said, and then sometimes they. They get to go on a trip. And the reveal this time was that they were going to washington, d c. Um, and I think this was very interesting the 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 angle that the the producers chose was that, you know, obesity is not just the theme of this of this show, but it's a big national problem. And so we need to tell the nation that we got to do something together. this is a this is becoming a national problem. And so what better place to go? Um, lobby for this cause, then in Washington D.C., and so uh, of course all the contestants are exciting, are, are excited about this whole uh, this trip. Every trip, of course, is uh, is a is a big change from kind of the well the the punishing environment in which they usually have to live and so um but but also washington dc is of course a great city with a fantastic backdrop for the episode and the whole episode was filmed including the way in was filmed in washington dc with all the familiar you know places and monuments and statues in the background it was just it it looked great this episode so they hop on the plane Go
1: ahead. The the one thing that I thought was a, a little bit weird is that they did show us uh, it, when we were in D.C. They showed us the the different uh, meeting the the Congress, all this other stuff. What I felt was missing was the eating part of being in D.C. I mean, they showed us an occasional visit to the to a restaurant, but here you are on vacation: breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks where do you get the food and and what choices do you make and they completely left that out of this whole entire episode well i think you can count on it that they were following a
0: very strict diet remember bob and jillian also went with them to washington dc this was very different from previous episodes where they had to return home and you know nobody is looking at what they eat and uh, and i think that the there was also a Perhaps a commercial choice, because halfway through the episode, you've got this huge ad for um, this sandwich company. And uh, and of course, uh, well, I, I, I guess that they did just negotiated that the only food that would be shown would be the sandwiches. And so uh, Subway, which is perhaps not the best restaurant to go if you're on a diet, but uh, anyway... <laughs> Yeah, that But I I do agree. Uh, it is always extremely challenging if you leave your protected environment and the 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 control, the place where you are in control, the kitchen and what's in your fridge and go to wherever it is, whether you return home or you go on a trip or on vacation, it's a
1: huge risk. It indeed it is. I mean, they did give us the subway, they did give us also uh foraging through the uh the garden at the White House. But uh, go ahead, tell us, what, yeah, t- tell go, us where you yeah. want to begin.
0: Well, the, um, of course, the, the, what I thought was funny was right from the start when they hop on the plane, um, and they have to f- try to fit in their seats. And when these people started eight weeks ago, and we're talking eight weeks, I constantly have to remind me this. They've just been doing this for two months. And when they arrived at the, at the Biggest Loser campus, they all all needed seed belt extensions to fly to California, and now they would two months later they just don't need them anymore, and they're stoked about it. They're like, "Look, I am just filling one seat instead of two. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was it was great to see how excited they were about something that is so common, and you know, I I think it's it must have been very, very difficult for them to be that much overweight, especially I'm thinking of Shea, for instance, who definitely could not sit in a in a regular airplane seat and how embarrassing it must be to, you know, to to walk into a plane and to, to get this special treatment and perhaps having to pay more for extra seat and then having all the other passengers look at you and perhaps making fun of you. And so the relief of feeling like a normal person again, I, I thought it was a beautiful
1: moment. Indeed it was. And I want to tell you, believe it or not, I've had this experience. I've never gotten to the place where on an airplane I needed to get the extension, but I have certainly kind of, you know, at my highest weight, uh, experienced some uncomfortableness trying to get that seatbelt on. But where where I've had an experience like this is at the amusement park, taking my kids to the amusement park and trying to fit into the roller coasters with my kids. Uh, and oh. you know, they have the little thing that comes down and they said, sir, yeah. sir, you need to push that down a little bit. And, and I'm like, uh, and then all of a sudden what they do yes. is they come shove it down so that yeah. it'll click True. into place. And I'm like, ah, I can't breathe. <laughs> so I just have to go like three and a half minutes without breathing. And then I get off of this thing and then trying to get that thing out by you, you have to actually pull it in to release it. Oh so so going I, I had pretty much I had used to have a love of roller coasters. And when I started getting so big, it's like I, I couldn't ride these things anymore. It was it was it was somewhat saddening as a result. Uh, this year, however, we did go back. We took our kids to uh, the local amusement park and I was able to ride the roller coasters again and had plenty of extra room. So, wow, I I I also experienced something like that.
0: So they um, they head over to uh, to Washington D.C. and you see the the beautiful pictures of the the scenery of the city. It's it's great. I've never been there, but it definitely looks just like the movies. <laughs> and uh, and one of the the things that are promised to them is that they will be able to talk to the senators and they will visit the White House. And that's going to be a first in the history of The Biggest Loser. And the goal, of course, is to to bring out this message to the nation that obesity is a problem that, you know, if we don't tackle it right now, the whole country is going to be sick. And this is not just, of course, an American thing. We've got exactly the same trend going on here in Europe. And actually, people talk about the... Americanization of our culture. And and it's basically meaning people are getting overweight and we're we're starting to eat the same stuff because, you know, Subway used to be an American thing, uh, Pizza Hut, you name it. And now we've got those Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants all over every village and town as well. And so you see that the European uh, diet is also changing and it has the same disastrous results and effects. But before they go to the fun stuff and 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 you know visit the White House, they of course have to earn it. And uh, before the first pop challenge, there there is one last announcement, and that is until now they were two teams, the black team and the blue team. However, this episode they go to singles and individuals, which means they all get their own color T-shirt, and they don't lo- they no longer belong to either the black or the blue team. And it also means that Bob and Jillian can now train any of the contestants so that's always a very cool thing especially because now they're on their own but it also gives you a sense of power you're no longer dependent on the results of your of your fellow teammates and if they fail you are no longer in jeopardy it all depends on yourself and your effort whether you end up below or above the yellow line there's this great interview with Shay where she's like this is going to be my week. You know, she's only a few, uh, a few pounds away from the 400 pound mark. And if she has a good week, she can finally dip below the 400. So that would be really cool.
1: Absolutely. I really love what Danny says. And and he mentions exactly what you just said is that, you know, all of a sudden we're responsible for our own weight or for our own, um, you know, future here. You know, we are going to be the ones who decide who, you know, for ourselves, who goes below the yellow line. And, and, and that is, I think that's powerful and it's, and it's something that is a lesson that we ought to learn. And and, and, the, and the way that I apply that principle to to myself is there have been many times that I've tried to get more physically active, tried to live a more healthy lifestyle, but I always felt like, you know, sure would be nice if I had somebody to do it with. And so I'd, I usually would wait until I could coerce somebody to making this kind of uh, agreement with me that we'll work out every day, we'll do this, and... I mean, it doesn't take any time at all before something happens in one of your schedules. The other person calls you and says, I can't make it today. And wow, do you feel like, Ugh, I, you know what? I'm not feeling it today either. We'll take today off. And then the next day and then eventually. And, and I've had this happen to me so many times. But back in May, when I decided to do this, I had people say, Cliff, I'll do it with you. And I said, you know what? You do it with me, but not beside me i want you to let's encourage one another with our individual results but i'm gonna I'm, i'm going at this as far as my daily routine on my own because i don't want to let anybody else down if i don't make it and i don't want anybody to drag me down if they decide not to make it but at the same time i still needed the community which is the support the encouragement and and also to know that i'm not alone in this journey but i did find that when i didn't wait for somebody to work out with me, to do physical activity with me, that I found myself saying, you know what, I'm a lot more self-motivated.
0: Yeah. Talking about community, that was another exciting element of this uh, of this episode was that uh, their first challenge has to do with the community over there in Washington, DC. And this is the first confrontation between the contestants, and the general public, the audience, who has just started to watch the show. Because remember, these shows are recorded well in advance. And so the United States has just started to watch the first few episodes of The Biggest Loser. And then their first challenge is that they get, have to go out in the street and they have to recruit people to come to a National Monument for a workout session with Bob and Jillian. They have to go in the streets and try to recruit people. However, I thought it was a little bit uneven in that um, there were two contestants that already had some fame. I mean, uh, both uh, Amanda and um, and Daniel have been on national TV for the finale. So they were already loved and and, and people voted for Amanda to, to, for, to have her on this season. People love Daniel. And so, of course, they were... You know, very obviously going to be the winners of this because they would you know, have the most people recognizing them. However, turned out very differently. You see them going in the streets, and, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's Daniel. But who wins the challenge? Liz. Of all people, the oldest lady in the house, she wins it with her charm. Yeah, so I thought it was really cool. I really- and
1: then you get this. Yeah, go ahead. I really enjoyed Alan's uh, approach to it. Going to the firehouse, I I thought that that was really neat. We have we've had family member uh, family members who are part of the fire department, and unfortunately, one of them had passed away. and And Stephanie and I know firsthand that brotherhood that they're talking about. It is amazing, and it is nationwide and worldwide. As soon as I saw him walk to the firehouse, I thought for sure he was going to be the winner. Uh, But I I don't know how Liz pulled it out, to be honest with you. Oh, it's just female charm. (laughs) I guess so.
0: I loved what comes next. I loved the scene with the workout at the monument. You've got hundreds of people on the... On the in a the meadow there in front of that monument and with this great workout with Bob uh, up on stage with a portable microphone he's just yeah. you know, giving general directions and then you've got Jillian who walks uh, uh, you know between these contestants and gives them exactly the same punishment that she keeps her, she gives her contestants every week And man she just climbs on top of people while they're doing push-ups <laughs> you like do it now! I mean, what a, what a great chance for these people to 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 have that opportunity, uh, to to be training with Bob and Jillian. I I mean, that's a chance in a lifetime, it's- and also to be on national TV. You could the the motivation just radiated from my computer screen while I was watching this episode and I felt motivated I was like I'm going out for a run oh wait a second no I've got to watch this episode and make notes because otherwise I have nothing to talk about during this show but it was so motivating to see all this you know suddenly this it's not just the contestants anymore I mean they they are used to this but suddenly you see almost a, a, a representative group that represents all of us and they are going for it I, I thought it was great you've got kids you've got older people you know teenagers, students everybody was working on
1: absolutely and, and and you know watching the show, I don't think it really stood out to me just how unique that situation was. I'm like, because they were making a big, huge deal out of it. And I'm sitting here watching a show all about exercise and stuff like that. But, you know, I have been to Washington, D.C. And the the thing is, is that when I was there, I mean, you you figure most of these people are there. They're tourists. So they've been walking all day long. They've hit all the museums. They've been back and forth. And I mean, you, you walk to all the different national monuments. And then to think you know all of a sudden, the day that I was out there trying to imagine myself in that crowd, that is a huge deal that is a huge deal and and, and it was it was very inspiring to see, and I loved seeing Bob stand up on top of the fireman as he was sitting there holding the pose for his uh play yeah. that was awesome.
0: And of course, then you've got the obligatory Subway ad. Uh, they probably sponsored the whole trip to to Washington, D.C. So everybody, you know, gets to eat at, um, at Subway's. And then um, Jillian gives them some tips on what to order and whatnot. And of course, Jillian just recommends the low-calorie menu item. The problem that I have with Subway is not that you can't eat there in a healthy way. I think it's absolutely possible. The problem is there's so much temptation because you see these big... Sandwiches with extra fries, well not fries, but extra meat and extra this and extra that—and so you gotta be really, really careful. It's not guaranteed that if you go to Subway, that it's always healthy for you, and that you always, you know, will eat just the amount of calories that you need. There is a, a big temptation to uh, and a big risk to overeat, even at Subways. Yeah. So keep yeah. that in mind. <laughs> and then, of course, they—they um, uh, they finally. Get to do their lobbying. They go to see the senators. And uh, I thought it was very interesting to see two senators there and um, Daniel is talking to them and, and I thought he had a great point. He said, you know, his point was obesity is really linked to the lack of education. Uh, and, and as a teen himself, he was like, I I was insecure in school. Um, you, a lot of my schoolmates, they were athletes. they were on the on the football team. but if you if you couldn't do that, if you already you know had a were a little bit overweight or you weren't as fit, then nobody told you to go out and work out. Nobody told you about food and about calories. And so he was constantly hammering on the importance of educating kids. And so my question was, of course, I don't know exactly the situation. It, when it comes to kids in, in the United States, I remember that in in my time when I was a kid in primary school and in secondary school, we had compulsory physical education. However, I think that now it, that is no longer the case. I think that that um, schools don't provide that anymore. At least it's not compulsory anymore. But how is the situation with, with your
1: kids? In in our schools here, uh, when you're in elementary school in the younger ages, they have this thing called recess where you go out every day and they do have once a week where you go to the physical education class where you get some physical activity. So there, there's a little bit of that involved. There's not a lot of training in the area of health as far as calories and, and why that's important or anything like that. Nothing like that's mentioned at all. In fact, the lunchrooms are full of very horrible food uh, these days. I mean, the kids can make some really lousy lousy choices and they have a lot of uh, sugary snacks and, and all kinds of other stuff um, available to these kids today in so the lunch. Kids
0: round. kids can just choose what they eat for lunch. They just, you know, you give them money and they can decide
1: there. There. Yeah. yeah. Th- there's a lot of decision of what you can eat. And they also have like bags of Doritos and they have uh, honey buns that you can, I don't know if you've ever uh-huh. heard of a honey bun for breakfast. No. You can no. go in and get, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a big, huge sugary pastry that you can eat for breakfast. Which who, want, who wants a bunch of kids on that in the morning? But anyway, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, when you get into uh, middle school and in high school, it you know the you know going out for recesses is, is gone. So you are you're at school, and that that was the big thing for me is to to make a big deal out of the fact that you're at school for eight hours with no yeah. physical activity. And, and, and physical education becomes in high school, it becomes something that you only have to take for one credit hour and health for one credit hour to graduate over the course of a four year period. And those classes, to be honest with you, are are somewhat of a joke here. And I went through my entire 12 years of, of public, well, actually went through several years of Catholic education and then Uh finished up the rest in, in public school in high school. And not once had anybody ever really taught me about how to count calories, how many calories your body should have, what, you know, I, of course we learned about, we learned about sex in school, um, Mm -hmm. or not very much, but not very well, but we learned a little bit about sex in school. We learned about heart attacks. We learned about suicide in this health class. We, We learned a lot, a lot of things about health. We learned about anorexia and we learned about bulimia. But we didn't mm-hmm. learn just the basic survival of how do you count your calories? what is a food portion size? No real um, practical information. And so it wasn't until it wasn't until I went to a diabetics class with my with my mom that I started to hear. About, you know, how many calories a body should have and what you shouldn't go below and the types of foods that you should eat. I mean, I shouldn't. We should not be waiting until we're sent to a class for diabetics to learn this information.
0: By the way, um, uh, one of the uh, members of our audience uh, is is a teacher in in primary school uh, here in the Netherlands, and he he reassures me. He says, "No, no, physical ed- education is still compulsory in school, so that's good." But but still, you know, I don't think that we teach our children what calories are and you know how to eat well. I think we rely on the parents to do that, and then of course, yeah. if the parents themselves don't live a, a healthy lifestyle, then usually the kids just copy that. And anyway, but I- that we've already talked about that. On the on on the show
1: yeah I do I do want to just point out that I, I I don't believe it's the school's responsibility to train our children about health i I you know I think that that is something that the parents need to take some more responsibility on and and it's obviously mm-hmm. something that Stephanie and I have you know with with the un, with coming to an understanding of what this stuff is ourselves uh we've certainly Taken on some new responsibilities in our parenting, and it and it is making a huge difference with our children. So it is it's it's, it's impacting their lives forever. The next part is uh, a, a big challenge, uh, and this this is a, another challenge
0: for immunity. And so the contestants all want to get that immunity. Four elements: running a mile, raising funds, balance. And steps. The first one is they have to run a mile and Tracy is scared because she almost collapsed and died uh, during that one mile run in the first episode of The Biggest Loser. Um... Danny, or Daniel actually, is running real fast. Uh, and you can tell, I mean, gee, I remember last season when he he just entered the room uh, and was the biggest contestant ever. And he's just a kid, you know. And to see him running that mile now, it's just amazing how much he has improved. And even Shay, who is still, you know, around 400 pounds, she, she's, she does it. She's power walking. She can't run. You could tell that she, she was burning calories there. And then this, the, you have a few of them uh, just arrive uh, towards the end, so they are eliminated, and the remaining group has the second challenge, which is raising funds. Well, it's raising funds. It's basically they have to pick up pennies, piles and piles <laughs> of pennies from the stairs in front of the memorial, and you see this 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 massive number of pennies, and then they tell you, well. Every penny is actually one pound that was lost on The Biggest Loser. Wow. So that was pretty amazing. And then Rudy wins that challenge because he's got big hands. So he can grab a lot of these pennies. A little bit unfair. And then the third challenge, uh, that would be my most dreaded challenge. It's about balance. They have to stand on a small ledge on a pillar. With a Pilates ball, that's this big inflatable ball uh, that you can sit upon. Actually, so some people just use that as a, as a seat uh, because it's good for your back if you sit on a balance ball. I think even Leo Laporte from from Twit, uh, he 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 used one of those Pilates balls to sit on during a show, and actually the thing exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I, I mean, I'm lousy at keeping my balance. I've, I've been trying a bit of yoga uh, to kind of have some, a bit of variation with my cardio exercise and strength exercise, but I'm so bad at it. I always fall over. You know? I try to do the half moon pose. I was like, oh, 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 no. <laughs> I'm lying on the floor. So I don't know how to, how to get that balance. And small feet here definitely had the advantage. However, Rudy and Rebecca survive and they go to the final challenge and that is in front of the White House, talking about a backdrop. You know, they're yeah. standing there in front of the White House and it's a very, very simple challenge. They just have to, they've got these steps, these aerobic steps and they have to do 206 steps as fast as fast as possible. Um, and they, those steps represent the 206 contestants that have now participated on The Biggest Loser. So it's speed work, it's cardio It's a great workout, by the way. I mean, I I did this. I have a Wii uh, program that makes you do this a lot for cardio. And it is. it definitely gets really tough after 100 times up and down. And Rebecca uh, has a slight advantage because she's a lot lighter than Rudy. And so she wins uh, immunity.
1: Yeah, the the steps thing. I just want to point out. I think it, it, what's important there is that you challenge yourself with either. Uh, I, I love that they did you know head to head, which obviously was a lot of challenge. You know, a, a lot of motivation. But also, if you don't have somebody else, then then setting yourself a a goal to be able to do a certain amount within a certain amount of time is is critical. Otherwise, you just I could see yeah. my if I didn't have something like that, I could see myself just going one, two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> checking email on your iPhone while doing it. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I found myself wanting a piece of gum right after this. I don't know. Really? But, yeah, I found myself. It's like, hmm, I sure could go for some extra gum right now. <laughs> Oh, man, that was so
0: annoying. You you got Bob and Amanda and they walk around in Washington, D.C. and it's like, Bob is this very caring person, you know, you're going to do it, you know. And, oh, hey, wait a second, here's an ice cream vendor. Would you like an ice cream? No, no, I can't eat an ice cream. Well, here, have this piece of extra gum instead.
1: It's just five calories and it will get rid of the craving. Oh, man, that was so annoying. <laughs> it is very annoying. I wonder, I have not tried to do anything like that, um, you know, like a very low calorie or zero calorie kind of substitute for a snack. To, to oh, curb I my thought appetite. you were
0: about to say I, I have never tried doing a gum... Uh, add here on the biggest loser pen
1: podcast. <laughs> no, no 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 no.
0: So have you have you ever used gum to kind of curb your appetite? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And it helps especially if you're kind of you, you just want to have something to chew on. The problem is it only helps while it retains its flavor. And once right. the flavor is gone, you know, you immediately start thinking about food again. So it's just a very temporary thing. I ride that right now, I would just rather take a few nuts, you know, I just get some almonds or something. And that has been such a a great tool to just get rid of the craving because it gives you some protein. It's very healthy. Of course, you have to count those calories. But um, it def- definitely helps.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say is that, you know, with with gum, it's not really providing you anything that's I mean, it might t- psychologically take away that craving for the taste for just a moment. But for me, when I'm hungry, it's, it's usually my body saying I'm hungry. I, I want some energy to give you to take you to the next place you need to go today. And when mm-hmm. when I when I took away the sugary snacks and replaced it with nuts uh, which, by the mm-hmm. way, nuts are extremely high in calories, so it is important that yeah. it, you know you'd be on a counting calorie kind of thing, because you know one ounce of nuts, uh, one ounce of cashews is a hundred between 140 to 170 calories, which is not bad. Yeah. It, you, I mean, you could certainly do that, and but you know you eat one ounce of nuts, and what I found is by doing that, <laughs> that can actually carry me for the next two hours as a snack, and yep. and it Definitely. the protein curbs the hunger. And so for yes. me, I can't exactly. imagine that gum could equal that could could do that. Of course, the difference is in calories, but still, I'd rather have the extra calories and then be able to think about something other than food. Well, I'll tell you what, we had uh, the visit to the White House. Uh, what stood out to you there, Father Roderick? Well, just the
0: salad thing. Of course, they were all excited. I mean, you've got a lot of love for the Obama. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure if this is too, you know, there's still a lot of people in the United States that don't care that much for this administration. So Bob, you know, doing this love letter for for the Obamas, I could just hug them. I was like, mm, okay, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. The show was about food instead of about politics. But um well the cool thing is they get to cook in the kitchen of the white house with the personal cook of of the um, uh, the presidential family and they make a big salad and what i liked was the this this conclusion that they make this huge pile of salad which looked which looked really yummy and i'm like okay this is just 12 bucks and it could- eat the whole team so uh the, their point was it, it is really affordable to eat healthy it just and especially if you use lots of uh of salad and and vegetables you can really stuff yourself for all for not much money yeah
1: mcdonald's is, yeah. is a lot more expensive and i want to say that stephanie right. and i uh, this year uh, attempted to grow some of our own um foods on our in, a, in the back of our home and this year we had we had green onion we had chives, we had um, uh, cilantro, we had jalapenos, we had tomatoes, and I want to tell you, it was fun, and it's exciting, and, and it's a great family thing to do to grow a garden, and and what I found is of the food that we grew, there wasn't anything that my kids weren't eager to eat, so that, that could Sweet. be a tip is that if you live in a place where you can do that during the spring and summer to To try to grow some of your own um, fruits and vegetables, and and see if that doesn't help. I mean, and, and one of the things that I had heard some folks say that, that if your kids have a hard time eating broccoli, then then mm-hmm. give your ki- that child a section, and and give them the seeds of broccoli to plant in their section. And because it's there, it. It's, they, I've heard that the kids are more adept to say, you know, wow, I want to eat that, and wow, that's good. I grew this. Uh, my kids all love broccoli, but uh, but that may be something you might want to try out. By the way, that only
0: works with vegetables. Don't try this with with rabbits and kids because they won't eat the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was the final thing, uh, the final really spectacular thing, and then you get the the last chance workout. Um, that was fun to see that they used the stairs near the hotel for a workout. It's like. No matter where you are, even if you don't have a gym, you can still use whatever is available to you with a little bit of creativity. And then there's a little bit of a talk between Bob and Amanda. They've already been talking for hours about gum, <laughs> but uh, you might remember that Amanda had this huge blow up with uh, Jillian uh, in, the, in the past episode. And there's just an incompatibility of characters, I guess. And then she talks about it with Bob, and, uh, and, and Bob manages to to kind of find what the problem is. And she's got these all these regrets about never having been able to go to the prom, to the beach, because she was an overweight girl. And with that extra attention, Bob manages to really motivate her. And so, I don't know, it's sometimes that's chemistry between people. Uh, it, you know, if you've got a personal trainer, if you're a lucky person that has a personal trainer and, and it doesn't jive and then you don't feel that that's the, the good trainer for you, well, just get yourself another one don't uh i mean this is just a job for these people you don't have to have a personal friendship but it really helps if you've got someone that you 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 can trust that understands what you need it's after all you know weight loss and getting healthy is before anything else it's a mental process and so that has to it really has to work with the people that are training you Right. So everybody gets trained. Uh, it's single, so uh, you know uh, they all work out, <laughs> and uh, and then the final way in is in front of the Abraham Lincoln uh, Lincoln statue. <laughs> How cool is that? Is at night you see the big statue. I've just watched the night of the museum too, so you kind of expect the statue to come alive and you know speak some very nice words to the contestants but that doesn't happen (laughs) and uh, you've got this this great uh, great weigh in uh, with some surprise uh, the uh, uh, of course the the big thing the very festive thing is Shay Uh, she finally dips below 400 pounds she loses 9 pounds she's lost 83 pounds in 8 weeks that girl can really be proud of herself and she shows it Tracy only loses 3 pounds Daniel has double digits again. You might remember that we talked about Daniel uh, losing only, what was it, two or three pounds or nothing at all for the last two weeks? Yep. And so we were right, We were like, something has to be wrong with his diet because he's doing exactly what, what Rudy does. And yet Daniel doesn't lose the weight. Is, could it be the stress? We don't know. But whatever it was, Jillian must have fixed it because he loses 11 pounds. So my guess it was dietary and perhaps also some stress.
1: Yeah, also Danny, something big. sorry I was just gonna say that that one of the things that I did notice and of course we don't get to see everything but they did make a big deal of uh Daniel at the beginning being very excited about knowing that he's on his own and I think the stress of not worrying about how the other person's doing is affected because I I I saw that weighing on him a lot no uh, no pun intended Mm -hmm. but uh yeah I I did notice that he felt responsible for Shay He, he he felt really responsible for Shay yes and I think that 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 took a lot of toll on him that Stress, And and I I believe him being on his own and being responsible for himself and not worrying about bringing anybody else down, I think that really helped motivate him. And, And I saw a little bit more of an effort from him this week in the parts that I saw. Cool.
0: Well, wow, it definitely worked. Danny also loses twelve pounds. He's almost at the hundred pounds uh, mark. Rudy, who was the fastest, biggest loser ever, he loses an additional nine pounds. That man is a machine. He lost a hundred and ten pounds in eight weeks. I just can't wrap my mind around that. I mean, is that even possible? But he he does it, and he looks he looks really healthy. <laughs> Yes. Liz. Yeah. Uh, Liz, despite her her advantage in um, in the first challenge, she only loses three pounds, so she's definitely in the danger zone. And Amanda loses seven for the first time. Uh, and Bob is really pride, proud, because she's like Jillian couldn't get it out of her, but I made her lose seven pounds. So that's that's great to see. And so Liz and Tracy end up at the elim- elimination. The two arch rivals. Liz has sworn to bring down Tracy. And however, now she is paired up with Tracy and she can be eliminated.
1: Yes. And I want to tell you that we got to the point where in our, in our family, sitting on our couch comfortably watching The Biggest Loser, we uh, we are shocked and awed and disgusted with ourselves because we were rooting for either one of them to go home. <laughs> it's like, I was, oh, really? yes, <laughs> it's like, you know, we were so upset with Liz because Liz turned on us because we so wanted Tracy to go home and, and, and uh, Liz turned from her vendetta. Then she, She's like, God, ah, we're going to do this. So so this week, we could care less who goes home. And we found ourselves so elated that Tracy went home. How oh. is like, why are we like this? But they can I just say, wow, Tracy looks amazing today.
0: Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, I love the way that they wrapped up her story because she was brought home in a helicopter. She was she was brought to the hospital the first day with a helicopter, and now she they bring her home to her family. And I love I love to see that. I I always like to see you know you've got this person Tracy who's been put in a role or the stuff has been edited in a way that she is presented as a very evil person, and then you suddenly see her kids, you see her husband, you see the love that is you know the bonding. You're like, wait a minute! She is a human being after all, and I, I'm, I'm really glad. Yeah. So it, it is, and then, and then you see her months later, and you're like, whoa! She is unrecognizable.
1: That was amazing. I, I, I was excited. And how inspiring is it to see? the change in Tracy I, absolutely awesome very exciting and 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 I'm glad that they did show us with her family because it did humanize her quite a bit and and I agree with you there
0: and then she runs she runs that 1 mile that she that almost took her life at the, and she runs it again months later and uh, does it in a very good time I was impressed on the you could see the the time indication and it said uh, 11 minutes 22 seconds a mile that is really good that that is a marathon pace and then later on i discovered that she's actually training for a marathon in december so hey running works (laughs) there you go
1: all right father roderick well that was an excellent episode fun recap we learned a lot of valuable things there it is now time for us to share our tip of the week All right, Father Roderick, tip of the week, you're on the spot. What do you got for us?
0: Okay, I, um, I've i been doing a lot of running, of course, and that is very good for my legs and for weight loss, but it's also important to do, especially if you're a runner, to also do strength training and to work on your upper upper muscles, um, which has always been difficult for me because I've got a little bit of an Asian complexion, and so I'm pretty slender, I don't have a lot of muscle naturally, so I really have to work for it. Now one, one website that has helped me a lot building um, especially upper arm muscles and back muscles is uh, and chest even, is uh, 100 push-ups. It's a website that uh, gives you um, uh, an initial test where you have to try to do as many push-ups as you can. Which, really, if you've never done that before, yeah. <laughs> You might just completely collapse after five or six push-ups. And then uh, depending on the results of that test, it it presents you with a scheme, a schedule for a couple of weeks where they will actually guide you to be able to do 100 push-ups. And I can tell you, it really works. I've tried this two times now and it definitely, well, I somehow always lose the 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 courage to to go all the way to the end but this this particular plan brought me to from from five push-ups and being completely dead after, it brought me to 60 push-ups without any problem in, in just a couple of weeks so you'll find a link in the show notes uh i can definitely recommend that if you want to work a little bit on, uh, on on getting a bit stronger in your upper body try that out 100 push-ups Excellent. What's your tip of the week, uh, Cliff?
1: Well, my tip of the week is not necessarily a tip, other than there are, I have a new goal that I want to try out. And the tip is that I'm going to use uh, two different uh, resources to help me get there. And that is, I'm, I think I'm ready to start running, uh, to, to, to really take this to the next level. I shared with you last week that, uh, I had done more running for an extended period of time than I'd ever done before. I was at the Y yesterday on the treadmill and I ran nonstop for 15 minutes. You know, I wasn't tracking the distance or anything like that, but I was able to run at five miles per hour, uh, for 15 minutes nonstop. And actually, (laughs) Was not winded, and believe it or not, they have the uh, heart rate monitor on there. My heart rate stayed within a good cardio level, so I mean, unbelievable. I I cannot fathom this happening. But now I, I I'm ready to try this out. I want to I want to get on. I want to go out through the neighborhood. I've been watching you use this thing called Runkeeper, mm-hmm. and uh, so basically, what I've decided to do is I'm going to use the iPhone application called Runkeeper. And I'm also going to look at a, a, a website called Couch to 5K, which I think is uh, the web address is something like c25k.com. And so basically, I want to try those two things out and, and see how it works. And uh, if anybody else wants to try running, if you're up to it um, and you have an iPhone, maybe the RunKeeper application could help you. Now, Father Roderick, you're using the RunKeeper app. Yeah,
0: I'm using the 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 pro version. There's a free version that is almost identical. Um it, it the pro version has a f- couple of 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 more you know, a little bit more um flexibility. It's definitely worth it. Uh it, it it acts basically as a GPS device and it tracks your runs, but it also has a website and if you return home, you can watch your your map. You see exactly where you walked, how much you did, but it also gives you like the uh uh well, here you were running at uh, eleven minutes a mile. Here you went to ten minutes a mile. Uh, it shows you the elevation. It uses um, you know the GPS data to to show how much you climbed if you've got hills in where you live. And so it's it's great. And now they added a lot of social functions too, so you can find other people, running mates, that you can connect with and you can challenge each other you can tell you know hey this weekend let's let's try to do two miles together you know and then you can compare your speed and everything so there's a a lot of uh, 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 functionality that is being being added to this application all the time and i really like the guys that are making this program they they're really in touch with their audience and uh they keep improving that app well no challenging me yet my friend (laughs) <laughs> no don't worry. but I, that couch to 5k program really works that is what helped me get into running when i first started uh it, it, it just offers you this really very feasible way to improve your distances and you will be surprised you will be surprised that 5k run and if you can find an official run that would be even more fun you know to to do your first race after this program but you, you'll be amazed how quick you'll build up stamina and and, and distance.
1: Well I am I'm already blown away. I, I I told you when I started 30 seconds about killed me and running for 15 minutes at five miles per hour nonstop and not being winded at all was ah unbelievable. All right well let's move on into some listener feedback. All right, Father Roderick, we have two pieces of audio feedback today. We're going to start things off with Fred from Long Island, and here's what Fred had to say.
2: Hello, Cliff and Father Roderick. This is Fred from Long Island. I'm calling for the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. Uh, The episode number I do not remember, but the topic uh, was uh, eating out, dining out uh, for the week. And uh, here's a couple of strategies I use when I... uh, planning on dining out first of all if it's a if it's a planned activity I try ahead of time to look at the restaurant's website for their menu and for a lot of the chain restaurants now there are also uh, calorie there's also nutrition information calorie information available so I try to look at that but if the calorie information isn't available for a particular restaurant at least I can look at the menu ahead of time and sort of narrow down my choices um, and then I'll try plugging those into my calorie counting website uh, find similar choices. The, the site I use is caloriecount.about.com, and I find that they have a lot of listings for different uh, restaurant foods or different foods you prepare for yourself. Uh, and they give you all the nutritional information, uh, just like it looks like a nutrition fact label. And you can also use their site to track your calories, which is what I've been doing since uh, July. Uh, Another site I like to use for reference is myfitnesspal.com. Again, lots of restaurant information or just general food information uh, to help plan your choices. Uh, Father Roderick, you mentioned... uh, the uh, concept of, uh, you know, people get trained to finish their plate because uh, you don't, you know, the third, third world countries, uh, people would love to have that food that you're throwing away. Uh, and then you said it's going to get processed either way, either by you or by the, uh, by the trash can. And um, I have a personal, we have a personal trainer friend at church who has told us in the past, your body is not a trash can. So keep that in mind. Whenever you are feeling uh, bad about wasting food or whatever it is, uh, your body is not a trash can. And I know that Jillian uh, tells people uh, if they're in a restaurant and there's too much food, either just pack up half of it immediately and and take the rest home or um, give it to someone, you know, either on the way out of the restaurant or whatever, give it to a friend or pour salt all over it The part that you're not going to eat, of course, uh, just so that you're not tempted at all to try to eat it yourself. Okay, sorry if this was too long. Hopefully not, but uh, we'll speak to you soon.
1: All right. Great tip. Very wonderful information there. Wow. Uh, So looking at the menu online, I love that idea. A lot of these restaurants today, especially the bigger chains, have their menus online. Uh, not all of them have their nutritional information, which I think there's a lot of reason for that, <laughs> but uh, you you can use those websites like what Fred was talking about, caloriecount.about.com, uh, calorieking.com is another one, there are, there are a ton of them out there, and you can just search That's for the... These are, of
0: course, uh, geared towards the situation in the United States. But if you're from Europe or from Australia or New Zealand or wherever in the world you are, um, you've got similar websites uh, for for your own country. So make sure that... And sometimes there are even governmental websites that give you this information. It depends on the kind of legislation that might be uh, in in, in effect in your country. But in a lot of countries nowadays, they, they just oblige... Restaurants to provide, especially the chains, to provide you with that information.
1: Excellent. Well, we have one more bit of feedback here, and let's see, I think this is Jeannie.
3: This is Jeannie Craig with a health update. Um, I, am like you, finally decided to count calories to try to lose those last few stubborn pounds that I couldn't seem to get rid of as just a runner, and it seems to be working. I've lost about seven pounds, and you were talking about the importance of setting goals, so I've decided to set a goal of going for a BQ. That uh, means Boston qualify. I'm going to try to run a marathon fast enough to qualify for Boston. And at my age, as a female, that means I need to run a three hour and fifty—that's five o—minute oh, marathon. My best to date. I've only done two marathons. I've done a bunch of ultras, but my best marathon was a three fifty-seven. So that was when I was 35. So if I can get up my speed, I'm hoping that maybe I can, you know, attain a BQ. That's going to be my big goal, I think. And now that I've told you and if you play this feedback, a lot of people are going to know this. Maybe it will give me a little extra incentive to keep doing the speed workouts and really following a plan because I haven't followed a training plan much for the last few years which is probably why pounds have started to actually creep on instead of, stay the same weight. So um, anyway, the scripture verse, you know, run in such a way as to get the prize, came into my mind the other day, and I thought, well, what would the prize be for me? And I think for me it would be a BQ, because that's, I can't even imagine it, but, you know, if I work hard, maybe I can go for it. So thanks for your inspiration and in all you do, and God bless.
1: That is awesome, Father Roderick. Great inspiration for all of us. I mean, gosh, he's talking about running a marathon <laughs> and, and, and qualifying for uh, like one of the more popular, the Boston Marathon. Unbelievable. Um, well,
0: goal setting—it's—it's it's so important, you know.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is, is if you never set a goal, you'll never achieve it. So. Uh, that's the only exactly. one. The only way you can achieve one is to set one. Well, hey, thank you very much, uh, Fred and Jeannie, for calling us on the uh, voicemail feedback hotline. Of course, if anybody's out there, and we encourage you. Please interact with us. Do what Genie does. You know, put out your goal to thousands of people so that there's a little bit more of a sense of accountability there. You can do that by calling our voicemail hotline. Its phone number is area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Again, that number here in the United States is eight five nine seven nine five Of course, if you live outside the US and you have the ability to record audio in any way on your computer, you can always attach that audio file to feedback at biggestloserpodcast.com. And so, Father Roderick, you have, I believe, you want to issue another challenge. Yes, every once in a while, we
0: want to challenge you to participate and help us, um, help us discover something, help us grow, help other listeners with your contribution. And so we talked um, in the last episode about eating healthy and healthy recipes. And you might remember that Cliff shared a recipe that it just was mouthwatering to me, uh, usually because I record the show just before lunch. So. <laughs> and he was talking about these turkey burgers. And oh my goodness, I was getting so hungry. But it's very healthy, and it's, it's good for you. And so my challenge, or our challenge for this week would be, send us your favorite healthy recipe what is a healthy meal and it can be anything it can be dessert can be like a, uh, an appetizer or, or or a main course or lunch or breakfast send us a recipe and surprises make don't don't do oatmeal we all know how to do oatmeal we know that don't do just a salad you know we know how to do that but do something something special and and let us know that recipe send it via email Feedback at biggestloserpodcast.com or post it on the biggestloserpodcast.com website. Love to get some inspiration for In the Kitchen.
1: Absolutely. So we want to hear your healthy recipe and and lots of ways that you can do that. Well, Father Roderick, it's been another fun episode for me, and I always look forward to this. and And it felt good to be awake today. And uh, you know, we look forward to hearing from our audience out there. Please tell somebody else about the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. Just send them a link. Send them an email today saying, "Hey." I am really enjoying this What this pod, podcast. Have a listen and just send them a link to biggestloserpodcast.com. And if you get a chance and if, if you have, let's just say you have five minutes today and you really want to help benefit uh, the message of what we're sharing with lots of people, go to biggestloserpodcast.com slash iTunes and what that will do is it will automatically open up your iTunes and it will take you to our page in the iTunes store and if you leave a review In iTunes, it helps bump us up in the ratings. And it's not that we're trying to become like the most popular people in the world here, but we do want this show to get as much exposure to folks in the health and fitness community when they're browsing and it's like health and fitness. I wonder what that is. And then to see the biggest loser podcast up there on the main page that will give us some great exposure and we hope to be a, a source of encouragement uh, for healthy, balanced living. So you can help us by leaving us a, a review in iTunes.
0: Well, that wraps it up for this episode of The Biggest Loser Podcast. You can follow us uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. All that information is uh, is posted on, the, on our website, biggestloserpodcast.com. And until the next time, be a loser.